Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movie and TV culture. My name is Cal. Deputy Editor of Complex's Pop Culture Vertical. As always, the summer man, Fraser Tharp, is with me. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How, how was the uh, the 30th birthday? Uh, subdued, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's good that you at least had a couple of, uh, you know, close people come out. It was good. It was cool to see. Yeah. I mean, spe- speaking of it's the Rona, what else are you going to do? It's been it's been weird trying to figure out what we're even going to be talking about this week. Like we, uh, the way the way the world works, we caught the last bit of big pop culture news with last week's episode because the Emmys had just the Emmy nominations had just happened, um, and it's been kind of dry out. Very dry. I mean, it's getting a little weird, but at the same time, it's like I'm never worried about a stoppage. Yeah. In the sense that there's always going to be something to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, when there you know, is. Like, there's, you know, even if I have to go back yeah. a decade, like, there's yeah. a, there's so much to keep me busy. But in terms of just, like, moving the conversation forward, mm-hmm. uh, you do hit kind of, like, stalemates sometimes. It's, it's just what it is. And, and, I mean, it's it's not too surprising. I mean, no matter what the quarantine is, it's still August. Like, this is normally... For for a lot of studios, it's kind of a flatter period, especially when it comes to summer. There might be a blockbuster or two that hits in an August, a mid-August, but um, a lot of the time, it's people waiting for that fourth or the fourth, the uh, the the Labor Day weekend and things like that, you know. Um, but it's been interesting to see that for the last couple of weeks, there's been a horror film that's that's not just been like I I believe the stat for the rental which is a uh, james franco's brother dave franco's directorial debut it it's the second film to ever top the vod charts and the box office in the same weekend now mind you it's only made 1.1 million dollars at the box office but because of the quarantine that is the top <laughs> box so- office draw right now it just is what it is what a crazy stat i mean um it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if you're a big horror nut. Oh, uh, I, I was going to say, I mean, I think I I am a fan of horror. I think. Yeah. The, how could you not be? The the I grew up watching, you know, again, like Freddy Krueger and things like that. These are these are things that I, I remember watching fairly early on in my movie going uh, experience, especially because TV, cable channels, there's just an influx of really cheap, really bad horror films that come out. There's some dope ones, but I think a lot of people who like experimenting with film and what you can do on camera, I think they have a lot of fun with horror films because it's it's almost like you're free to let a lot of things... There's a lot to experiment with. It's not just a slasher film. It's not just a zombie film. It's not just, you know ultra gore it can be something that happens you know just inside your head but uh you know it's a very interesting genre to really look at and i i it's interesting (laughs) that the rental is the top horror film or the top film right now it's a horror film about airbnb culture well yeah i mean (laughs) it resonates in a weird way because it's about uh um a fixed location staying in and uh, especially in summertime that's yeah. what a lot of people are doing to us it's pretty much one of the only things you can do i, I think that's what people go to do- some remote location and just hole up right now i think a lot i've seen a lot of people talking about road trips and i, I think it's just like these destinations like all right we're in jersey let's drive to georgia and be in georgia for a weekend in some weird house in, in the woods and then you get a situation like the rental 
But I mean, so to dial back a little bit, so we're, today we're going to talk about some some horror movies that have come out recently and have been yes. keeping the summer afloat. And two of those are The Rental, which was mm-hmm. directed by Dave Franco, Dave yes. Franco's directorial debut, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, You Should Have Left, which is a Blumhouse production starring Kevin Bacon. And both are pretty much like Twilight Zones about Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, at different ends of the spectrum. But what's, what is funny about it and how you bring it up about it coming out and during quarantine times, mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy how, you know, I'm watching them and I'm like, I'm always, in remote location movies, I'm always like, what's so appealing about a remote location? Yeah. 100%. You know, it immediately looks sus the minute they get there and look around. But now that's what people are doing. That's That's life. And that's like a wave that so many people are on and it's an alternative. So it's it's like the one time where you would be okay with it. And yeah. then these two horror movies come out to be like, oh, just just so you don't get it twisted. Don't do not do that. Don't do that. The rental, though, I mean, I was surprised. I, I had low expectations for the rental. I don't think I'd even really seen much in regards to uh, advertising for this film not on youtube bumpers not anything like i don't think i saw anything which is surprising me considering that it starred dan stevens and allison brie well another interesting thing about the rental which could speak to its success and its success in these um times is that you know drive-ins are uh Mm -hmm. coming back in a big way and the rental has a very b-movie yes drive-in feel a hundred percent. I wish I had a car so I could go to a drive-in. That would be a great experience right now. But th- it's also this was an IFC film. Yo, IFC. That was one of my go-to theaters back when we had theaters. That's pretty dope. It's 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 pretty dope to see them be able to. Because again, for for because you mentioned, it, I don't want to undersell the film. Because even if you call it, you know, like something that has B movie vibes. It's doing a lot of really good things for a quote unquote B movie. What turns into like a B movie slasher film? You know the 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 way the once I, it's hard to talk about this film without going too deep into to the plot. There there's a a central. We'll, we'll do we'll do a spoiler section too, just so, just for, just yeah. so you know. I mean, there, there's a moment in the film where obviously like something happens, something huge happens. And the, the film takes like a sharp left turn from that point. And in real life, like real person situations where you have to deal with some of the things that these people have to deal with the way the, 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 the score was done. It was, and it was very, it wasn't low. It was very loud in the film. You know, it was right there with you. I was on the edge of my seat at, at, at times of this film. Just, just real, it, I the mute it it was the score though the score really did it for me more than anything else I'd say. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I I think that we have to give Dave a nice shout out that um, you know, anytime you hear actor turn director, and it, once you add in the family aspect to that too, yeah, it could go like a real like just nepotism or self indulgence kind of wave, mm-hmm. and I think this is a really really solid job. Yeah, no, he, it, very well done. Very well done. He, he really exceeds at building uh, atmosphere and tension. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I uh, I didn't love the film. I think again, there, there's a point in the film where I I was so hype. It's like, wow, this is new. This is this is really it. Really, it feels really fresh. It feels really, really, really unique and and modern. And then. Again, it ta- it takes that turn, it builds up this intensity, and then it turns into a lot of other horror films I've seen lately. Like I, I it felt like a cla- you're next. You know what I mean? Like, well, th- it should have felt like that because Joe Swanberg is a um, co-writer on this with Dave. I got you. Yeah, so that's cool. And, you know, we got like, just to shout out the Joe Swanberg universe. So yeah, Joe Swanberg uh, wrote and co-stars in Year Next, which is one of my favorite horror movies. That and that was a big one for a lot of people. Like the the yeah. the, the early 2010s horror scene. Year Next it was, was very 2013 important. when that dropped. Yeah, it was very important for a lot of people, especially I think for this revitalization of, of horror. This what, what do they call it? The the, the elevated horror. I think a lot a lot of well, that. That's a, that's a term they hate. That's a term they hate, but I mean that's the wave that's been happening since around that time. So, but right. but, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So if you want to check out your next, um, 
actually have no idea where it's streaming. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I'd say first uh, first try Shutter. Shutter's a good place for anything horror, but if it's not there, then uh, uh, add us on at Complex Pop Twitter, Instagram. We'll uh, we'll figure it out for you. I pro- it, it'll be me. I'll figure it out for you. I promise. Yeah, that's a fun little horror horror home invasion film. Spoiler alert for anybody who's not seen the rental. I would say fast forward at least three to four minutes because I I I I wouldn't. Well, actually, should we should we talk about the movie and then do a spoiler section? That's like I because at at, I think my theory about why Joe is there is very sport. I think I think I I don't know if I can talk about it without talking about what was actually going on in the film. So, so, but we'll, 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 all right, pause on the spoiler alert. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I mean, my other main takeaway from the movie is, is Alison Brie is just, she's great. She's she can great. Do everything. Why, why is she not doing more? Right. Like, like an actually talent and, and not just, and this is coming from someone who doesn't even watch glow yet. She, she is phenomenal and glow. But I think the thing is, is while she's very funny, she's not just, a comedic actress she's very good at drama even in this like she she had a lot of humor she was able to just kind of flit around when she wanted but she was able to also you know bring some other emotion in there and it's not even like heavy it just is who she is as an actress well yeah i mean so uh us madmen stands know that um you know she plays a very prominent wife on that show mm-hmm. and she she's never a main cast member but she was always like you know hella recurring you could always catch her in at least a handful of episodes per season from the, yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, community mm-hmm. was on around that point. So it was whiplash, but in a great way to see her doing all this dramatic stuff on Mad Men, yeah. which can also be, it can be very funny. You know, people who have a stuffy version of the show, mm-hmm. Mad Men is hilarious. And she's part of one of probably the funniest couples that gets the most laugh out loud reactions, Word. but she is dramatic on it. And then you go to something like that community, which is like, wacky so it was yeah. dope to see her husband um put her in a movie that pulls out both sides because mm-hmm. at first she's straightforward wife yeah. and like you said already infusing doing a lot with that role with with not much mm-hmm. and then once she takes the molly it's just like a switch turns like her line reading when they're looking for the dog and yeah. she's fucking with the hot tub is amazing <laughs> oh <laughs> like I feel like the, the it's act, it was actually a missed opportunity. The movie could have had more fun yeah. with her being on drugs while while real shit is unfolding. I think that was I, that was one thing that I started because again at that point, especially that moment, I think she was really good. And I feel like, but after that, she's she's not in the film as much anymore. Like the story kind of it almost leaves her to the side um, to kind of deal with like the real situation. Okay, so. There's two couples. There's a there's, there's there's Dan Stevens' character who is married to Allison Bree's character. Yes, um, and he works with a woman named is it Mina? Yeah, Mina and she, Mina is dating his brother Josh. Right Lit from Shameless. Lit, right, a hundred percent. So. Very early on, you notice that Dan Stevens' character, Charlie, Charlie's his name, uh, and me, there's something there. Like, um, first scene, you're like, yeah, they're, they're definitely, there's some, some type of chemistry there that's a little more than just like, I own this business and I have you, Mina, as my, you know, understudy, my assistant, you know, someone who can really learn. You know, we can also, we can learn from each other. You know, there's a little more than that going on. So with, with this going on, these two couples say, hey, let's get away for the weekend. You know, we just had some success at work. Let's go rent this this crazy spot on Airbnb and uh, and turn up, you know, have a have a have a fun couples weekend. By the way, I want to jump in with a note here that I just thought of. OK, because um, you raise a really great point. I, I, I tend to do that. Whole, don't I? You do. But you raise a really great point about the coronavirus aspect of everything. Yeah. But um, I obviously this was made before this year. Yes. Yes. But I would like to say that when we do get back to making movies and creators and writers and directors are tempted to make stuff that reflects this period, mm-hmm. this is kind of the only way I want to see it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like this this exact movie could also start with, hey, we have to social distance. Mm-hmm. Let's go to this house. 100%. That's the only type of coronavirus content I want to see. Like some lightly, something that lightly informs the plot and then moves on to other things. Yeah. I mean, real, realistically, it's all, think of... For again, note for anybody trying to make coronavirus content, especially if you're trying to do horror content, watch what was it? Is is it is it is it ten Cloverfield Lane? Is that the number? Yes. What th- that's a film you Damn, know yo, it, that went on Hulu before I could fucking rewatch it. I, I got you. I mean, Let me know. I got you. Say less. Uh, <laughs> that it's set in the Cloverfield universe, yes. But it it's a mo- it is not a Cloverfield film until one key moment the film it's basically like i I was gonna it's not home invasion what it's like a isolation like a uh what survivalist you know what what the worst thing to happen when when you're in you're stuck in a situation with a survivalist especially a, a, a paranoid motherfucker who's already more paranoid um again given what you realize about the situation that's going on it's uh John Goodman goes goat level in that. What a, what a, what an amazing film. Anyway, anyway. So again, back back to the rental. The, uh, well, it, like you know, you do a good job setting up the the yes the that, that, characters because that's where we are. The the crazy thing about this is, obviously, its power is in that it's a horror movie, and you're waiting for the shoe to drop. Yes, but it would have been kind of an entertaining movie just watching them fall apart. Yeah, like the characters are shaded in well enough. At a certain point, I started hating all of them and, and waiting for death. You know, I didn't like no, that. Was early on, I was like, "There's nobody who's redeemable." I don't like anyone here. I mean, I'm always gonna like Allison Brie is one of those people who, one of those character actors who, you know, she always will lose herself in the, in the role, but it's still Allison Brie to me. She was cool, but it was it was still kind of weird to be like, yeah. We gonna turn up this weekend, and then the first time it's time to turn up, she's like, "Nah, I got some shit to do. I'm gonna turn. A, I'm gonna go to bed early." And then everybody gets <laughs> fucked up, and then the next day she's like, "Oh, is there even anything left for me to do? Because I'm trying to turn up. Because y'all being weird now." Cause yeah, I was like, why, "Why did you? Why did you even offer that to them?" It was in her make, bag. It was know, in. Like, she, <laughs> she said, "Should we do it now?" Homegirl said, "Bet," and goes to her bag the, and pulls I, it out. I felt bad for her too, because then they didn't want to go on the hike. No, I fucked. Well, the, what happened when she went to bed fucked the whole game up. It changed. Yeah, so it, it changed the game. Basically, you know, they set these two couples up and put them on a, a collision course to um, fall apart, regardless. But there is some horror elements, and the script is hinting at um, either the Airbnb owner or his uh, creepy, probably racist emissary who was like the the groundskeeper or whatever yeah hold up i gotta find my man's name too because he's in a lot actually um toby huss yeah he was i think he was the dad in halloween he most was recent most halloween. recently if you watch the uh the the last halloween remake that came out in 2018 he played ray nelson the father of uh the 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 granddaughter of um homegirl's character uh, he's always solid jamie lee Cur- yeah he's he's a great actor and it was it was but it was funny to see him in this because when i watched it it reminded me i i couldn't watch the whole film because it's a very uh graphically violent film and i i don't have the time to sit and wa- just watch like torture porn especially torture porn from like the 70s but i'd never seen i spit on your grave have you ever seen this film no, I know the, the name obviously. The the film it's 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 a actually like it's a it's a really graphic and really like disturbing film, but there is a redemption factor. It's from the seventies. It's from this. I think the it, well, it got remade. It came. There was a remake that came out in twenty ten. But I think the original. I want to say it was seventy eight. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Well, dude, um, we already know what they were on in that decade. Right? It, That's it was the same decade as Last House on the Left. Exactly. It was. It was. It was. I. I. I honestly, I don't recommend people watch the film. But the idea of someone being coming to an area that's like kind of desolate and being out of place and having like the quote unquote townsfolk reacting to them. It, I had just like screened through a little bit of this film and caught that vibe. And I was like, damn, this really feels like that film. But again, it, it, it turns on its ear. It's, um, well, I was worried that it was going to get a little bit too woke it just was... in terms of like, sometimes when people, when, uh, genre movies try to, infuse that kind of stuff it's not that i don't want to see it it's that it just gets kind of like like anvil yeah level writing and you yeah. know the 
like when she pick, she kept picking fights with him that were just at a certain point it's like Dan Stevens was perfect as the white guy who doesn't want to broach <laughs> any of that uncomfortable shit. He said maybe and, it's not what in a perfect world, what if it's not that? What is And it? that's pussy. Yeah. But <laughs> at the same time she would pick fights with yeah. Toby Huss's character and be like, What who would do this right now? Well and, and the thing Like is, if it was me, if, if it was me and you felt the way Yeah. Yeah. Then pick that fight after you leave the man's exact property and y'all, you know, because like, if, if you're if you're catching a sketchy vibe that he's kind of a racist and you're out in the middle of nowhere at this man's house, at his in, behest almost, you yeah, know, yeah. like it, you're, you you antagonizing him at a certain point is like why do you not value your own life? Because at, at a certain point, it's just like you're you are you asking for something to happen? Like you could do things a certain ways. We've seen so again woke liberals they couldn't have done like a uh you know like a, a vlog or like a tiktok or something like you know 36 reasons why the the airbnb guy I have is racist like you know there's different ways you could have handled this situation ma but uh you know i, I guess wanna, this is what i want to talk about um sorry i want to talk about uh just because you were saying what it reminded you of this gave me vacancy vibes mm. uh, i don't know have you seen that no i've heard of it though i've not seen it though vacancy is a really fun b movie randomly uh, I remember talking to Just Blaze about this movie. Wow! Look at this! Look at this! Twitter. Look at this flex! Look at this flex! There's no flex. It's just that <laughs> I follow him, obviously, and he tweeted something about it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I wasn't expecting people to know that movie, but apparently he's a horror nut. You had the conversation on Twitter, or was it in the DM? No, on Twitter. On Twitter. Okay. Just but Vacancy is a really fun um, B movie with uh, Luke. I believe it's Luke Wilson mm. and um, who's the Who's my girl that Pete Davidson bagged it um, inexplicably? Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a uh, that's more of like a, a fun twist on the idea of snuff films. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. they go to like a shady motel. They end up at a shady motel, and it turns out the owner and the crew are, are snuff freaks or whatever. Yeah. Th- th- now that, that you should watch. That's not disturbing. It's kind of it's fun. If you, if you've seen Bad Times at the El Royale, which came out a couple years ago, and, and you and you saw that area behind, that's what happens when you try to do elevated bullshit. That yeah, that, Bad Times at the. <laughs> that had good elements too. I mean, seeing Cynthia, the whole Cynthia Erivo singing moment when the the camera's going back and forth, but as as a film. All right, so let's talk about the other Airbnb horror that we watched. Mm-hmm recently so then we can go Wait. to the spoiler section okay all right yeah, yeah, yeah so so you should have left that's the name of the movie right you should have left you never should have watched it i i knew i knew you were gonna do that that's the that's <laughs> the meme if you go shouts out letterbox if because I, I i was watching these and I, I made sure that i was getting my reviews in because if i don't i forget and when i went to letterboxd to log it i'm just want to read a couple of these <laughs> Hold on. Well, there was a couple that were just, oh damn. I, well, I put mine in there. I put I never should have started it. I should have went to bed. But I really should have went to bed. I, uh, I, I, I couldn't finish this film. It, it wasn't. You didn't finish it. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um. Well, shout out Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I I agree. I should have left. Uh, you know Kevin Bacon. It's weird to see him in a in a, a, a thespian like him in a movie, like a mid tier horror dump. Is it? But then you also got to remember that he and uh, his wife Kira Sedgwick, shout out the closer, yeah, were they were Madoff victims. So, you know, this might have been a check grab. He produced this too. Well, I mean, it's, at this point, if you're Kevin Bacon, you're producing everything that you're starring in. Yeah, but I'm I'm just so ho- I'm just hoping he wasn't in there. Like, yeah, this is going to be the one. Uh, so this is it's. A similar Airbnb situation, mm-hmm. which is such a funny coincidence to me. It's actually it's actually hysterical that because this film came out fairly recently as well. This but it's much more cerebral. If we're talking about films that these new films reminded us of, I think obviously this one people could say The Shining maybe in a light way, but this actually reminded me of Secret Window. Yeah this this felt like a number of films that I've seen just it. Like there's, this there's, one, you know, it kind of deals with like it. It very clearly it deals with, um, you know, uh, more. It's more cerebral. Yeah, it's more about like repressed rage and stuff like that. And you know, he's Kevin Bacon's character is writing in a diary furiously anytime he's mad and listening to like 
meditation and in, did, in a what? remote location going crazy. So it kind of felt like, you know, it was immediately almost clear to me that this is a Kevin Bacon is his own worst enemy situation. What is, what was his job before this time in his life? Was he a writer? Then uh, no, they I think he just said he had banker money. Cuz they they he, I mean dude was definitely like wealthy. Well, at, at first I thought he was living off her until they said it explicitly. Yeah, when I, but, but I, I was it, like, was he because and, and then he, I couldn't figure out if if it was their kid or one of their kids from a previous thing. Yeah, it was well because he's the, the thing is is that he's noticeably older than her. Yeah, for sure. And mind you, she's already like a. I don't. I hate using the word aging, but like the way Hollywood looks at women, like her character seemed to me to be like. She might have been 35, 36, like at that point where Hollywood's like, okay, you're you're only going to be good for a couple of other things at a certain point. So she's taking roles that might not be for her. I couldn't pay, I couldn't even. Well, I, I want to know what part did you <laughs> did, did you let's lay the plot out first for people just in case they haven't seen it. Um, It's Kevin Bacon. And He's Amanda. dating Amanda, Amanda Seyfried, who yeah. is clearly uh, his junior. Yes. Or no, they're married. They're married. They're married, and, but and it, they have a kid. Yeah, they they have a kid, and and, and again, she's an and she's an actress. She's an but and you can tell there's an age difference. I don't know how old they're supposed to be, but there is an age difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't even need the movie to spell that out at this point. Kevin just, Bacon's got to be but, pushing sixty, right? But I think that because like immediately, you, like he talks about his jealousy and all this stuff, and like that, that's like one of the biggest things, just the fact that he goes to the set and homegirls like, you know, well, she's having her, a romantic scene on set. Like he he's already jealous, and he has he's going to the set at that moment. Like her first little line of dialogue to him is calling him an old man. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Funny. It's crazy. So anyway, um, she's an actress. He's wealthy and retired. They have a kid, so they go on a um, getaway in London, a staycation. Yeah. Uh, before she has to go off the set, Word. to film some more, and they're having um, a, a little family summer getaway that at a remote location that quickly goes sour. Mm-hmm. So where did you bail? Because uh, it's only like an eighty-minute film. Whenever there was, whenever the house started expanding eternal internally, because like all right, the house. I think that could have been like thirty minutes in. Exactly. No, there was keeps having the dreams. It was in one. I the last thing I remember seeing is him aimlessly wandering down in hallway. Is that when the daughter's actually lost, or when he is just having a nightmare? They're all lost. Oh, when when she's like looking for the jacket. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. It was yeah. a substantial amount of film, but I didn't care. So by then, you because <laughs> who who cares? Who ca- all right? You're in this house. Yeah, I've I've seen this movie before. I mean, so just to get it out of the way, the rental is definitely the better movie. The the rental the, is, the rental in in the land of, of the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> the, horror classics to come out in in the clash of the airbnb vod horror films the rental easily knocks out you should have left so but I, you hit me saying that oh i didn't know amanda cypher was in this all right, all right no wonder i couldn't finish and i because just to give you some uh context first yeah one of the shows i'm always begging you to watch yeah uh veronica mars she's in it She's in that. She's a big part of that, and she uh, Mean Girls. Yeah, no, and I and, and trust me. So I've always got love for Amanda Seyfried. I don't know where. The, I I I I was a fan of hers, especially you know back then. I'm I, I dug her in Mean Girls. I dug her in a lot of that stuff. And this is gonna sound weird. What first reformed? Uh huh. She was like my least favorite character in that film. I did not like her, or that role in that film. Really? Yeah. And I, I, it soured me a little bit. It's the, it's the, it's, I get it in the film because he's a priest and he's got this, you know, 
repressed, you know, sexual desire. And they're doing all this weird, like almost sexual stuff in the house or whatever. But like, come the fuck on. Like, again, we've seen that. It's like, I've seen that before. Like, I don't, you're already doing all of this amazing shit. I don't need him hopping on top of her. And then they go into the fucking cosmos. Like, that's what happened in the movie, right? Like, I'm not making this shit up. It, they they pan into them. They're. I don't even know if you can, can can. I don't know what they were doing. They were just laying there. But they. Oh, got, I like that movie. I like that movie except for that storyline in the film. So first reformed, which now that you bring up creates a weird pattern, puts the centers Amanda Seyfried in a weird Hollywood pat- pattern of younger actress and older man. Yes. Ethan Hawke's yes. definitely got at least 15 years on her. Yes. Uh, first reform completely ruined Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> she's li- she's 34. There's no reason that she needs to be doing... Cause, and again, she's a good actress. Kevin Bacon, 62, by the way. She's Jeez. a She's a good actress. I want to see her doing better stuff. She doesn't need to... And mind you... Oh, so you're, ang- you're angry... At her, at her for, for I'm lowering at, I'm herself. I'm angry to at this. this film. This is a Blum. Ha- <laughs> Don't forget, you mentioned Jason Blum. Produ- him and Kevin Bacon produced this film. This is a Blumhouse film. Well, okay. My thing, I don't. I don't see Blumhouse and expect I'm going to get an A plus film. I expect I'm going to get an interesting horror film at least. I'm not saying I I n- never never have I said A plus. I I don't I don't go into Blumhouse looking for A pluses. I go into Blumhouse looking to be at least entertained. I mean that's the company. the The Purge films are some of the <laughs> worst films I've seen in terms of just like quality of story and things like that. Even for like horror films, they're not great horror films, but they're they're enjoyable. They're the films that turn me on the Blumhouse, you know, and again, Blumhouse had a lot to do with Get Out. They had a lot to do with a lot of things that were, say, Halloween coming back, like we mentioned earlier. There's a, there's a lot of things that have been going on that uh, Blumhouse has had their hands in. Not everything's been great, but, like, this might be... The <laughs> in, a, in a minute, like, the, so, the, the, so you the were worst bored. film. I was extreme... For a 93-minute film, I was extremely bored. Okay, well... um. And, 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 and this was after watching The Relic, which also bored me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Let's go into the spoiler section. Okay. Now, spoiler alert on the rental. Because you mentioned that the homie Joe worked on this. My theory is that I think at some point Dave Franco had a very good idea, very great premise, very good idea for a film, which involved uh, cheating, which involved uh, racism with Airbnb rentals, and then also involved uh, like stalkery, like like an actual like horror film slasher element. I don't think he knew how to end that film. I, I do not. I think he got to a point where it was like, hey. So they have sex and then someone dies and then these regular people don't know what to do as. What? And Joe's like, oh, yeah, there's been a stalker the entire time and he's just going to come in and kill everybody. And as he was recording it. Well, that's it's the, interesting that's the, to me that that's that, the movie. Well, con- con- contrasting these films for a minute again, you know, the rental is this very lean like yes almost not i don't want to say fast food but it's like very direct yeah it's, and it's in your face it's thin there's not a lot of meat there it's very it's it's thin because it, it, it doesn't need to be but it, no chunky. yeah it's like our, our boy logan roy says straight to the protein mm-hmm. and the you know you should you should have left is more cerebral yeah. and i think that's where it can get boring because it's more just like head trips mm-hmm. bullshit and the ending is way more about you know 
emotional reckonings or whatever. Yeah, fuck that. I, I hate that. I, 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 I'm down with horror being uh, metaphors for other things. Again, you know, we've, we're living in a time of hereditary and midsummer, but every film doesn't need to be like it, this, this isn't fucking kevin bacon's the way back or whatever where like he's dealing with whatever maybe, real life shit. He, maybe he tried it to be and the, but the rental is more just their end game is death if he was looking which for, i appreciate if it. he was looking for a slam dunk that shit hit the rim Boing. but um <laughs> i yeah it's the, th- the thing with the rental is just you could have told that story without the your next element in it you know what I'm saying? Like, he, even if it is like, oh, there's a racist dude and the dude accidentally kills him. And then these people have to figure it out and they all just turn on each other. You could have made a good film or at least a solid enough B-movie VOD horror film ending with that there. Oh, so you didn't want it to go to killer at all. Well, when, when, when again and again, I, I, I because it's doing so well, quote unquote, at the box office and on video on demand. I was surprised. You mentioned to me that they were talking about a sequel. Yeah. So the ending, if you've made it to the spoiler section, hopefully you've already watched the ending. Yeah. But, uh, thank, thank so you it, for it, indulging us for a second. You know, some guy, weirdo guy in a mask comes out and works him. Mm-hmm. Cleans up the entire house, cleans up any, uh, did, did, he, did he hide the bodies too? I don't they, remember the the, the body. They don't just, show him. Yeah, they're they're not in the house, and I'm assuming that it's clean enough to where he because at some point he has to put that house. Back well, that's up my thing because the it shows him getting another property though. Yeah, and I'm doing it all over again. I'm gonna if if you're that much of a a cerebral psychopath where you're going to rent an Airbnb stick countless cameras throughout the, the facility he had a grip of cameras and wait because remember at the end it wasn't just like oh it's this you know happy black couple he just goes and kills him he there's like a couple of different scenes before you know the moment where he goes to you know to, to grab somebody so you have to have enough patience to wait for that there's right de- moment he has some voyeuristic shit going on for sure but the, the main point is that it shows you this with all questions, no answers, or, or no I don't explanation. I don't want it. So I, I did read an interview where Dave said that he had sequel in mind, ending that. I think that takes away from the ending. Yeah, 100%. I'm okay, I'm okay with the no exposition ending if that's just the ending, because that's kind of, you know, I always like when people switch it up and zigzag a little bit. Did you see... Exposition is always bad. What was the name of that Matt Dillon horror film that came out a couple years ago? It might have been last year. I really didn't like it. Um, you talking about the one where he's a serial killer? Yes. The house no. that Jack built. Um, yeah, it wasn't that like some Lars von Trier shit? It was, it, it, I, I, again, another, I, I do not recommend watching this film. It's one of those films, we'll get to the highbrow um, horror in, in, in a bit, because I do want to talk about Relic before we get out of here. But uh, the, it's, 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 a film essentially where this guy who's been a serial killer is on his way to hell. And during his descent, he's having a conversation or he's in the afterlife. It might be purgatory. I forget the, the, the actual premise of where they're having a conversation, but the idea is that he's talking about his life as a serial killer and the things that he's done. And it's very gruesome and grotesque shit. And it, it just shows you that in the 70s, if you were a white guy with glasses, you could literally just walk up into someone's house and murder them, pull them out of the house, and then just it, wipe down some shit and be done. It was a really ridiculous film. And I think a lot of people looked at it and was like, oh, but there's so much meaning, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's a fucking excuse to be grotesque on film. I get you want to do that. I understand that you want to add you know, something else. But at the end of the day, they wanted to show a scene where a guy was dragging somebody behind his fucking white van or whatever. Like, that's what you made this film for. Keep it a buck, my guy. How does that relate to the rental? Well, it's 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 not the rental so much as, like, you should have left, or just the idea in general of these films that they're horror films, but they have to mean so much. These horror films that have to... 
Well, all right. So I'll tell you how you should have left end since he didn't make it. There, there's too, there's just too much horror doing the same shit. I've seen it all. And it's all not good. It's all not good. Well, but you, go in. You can, you can you can already predict how it ends. Go in though. Go in. It's Kevin Bacon. The the shit is all in his head. The house is like a kind of sentient thing. They trap. Yeah, mother. When did mother come out? 2017, 2016, yeah. 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 Again, okay. But Mother's like a Christ allegory or whatever. If this is, it, it, it's it's not that far off from the dude's rage has turned the house into this, be- or, or he's, his rage has brought him to this house that's going to devour people who seek it out or whatever the fuck because of their, whatever's going on in their head. Like, come on, my right. God. Right. Well, I mean, the movie amps up Bacon's uh, jealousy towards Amanda Seyfried and then confirms his suspicions, but... Uh, they reveal that he he's famous for she's famous he's infamous for um, maybe killing his first wife and mm-hmm. there was a trial that he beat. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that he didn't quite kill her, but he watched her like take pills and essentially kill herself. Think think Walter White in a in a with Jane. Yeah, 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 yeah. pretty much. So they reveal that, and then he has to he has like a face off with the old and as soon as i saw the old guy i kind of knew that that was supposed to be kevin bacon yeah in some regard and so he stays in the house while they leave and it's like the house is his hell even even seeing in the beginning seeing the old guy talking to the little girl for anybody who's old enough to remember cat's eye Drew Barrymore, young Drew Barrymore with the little troll. It it, it, it reminded me, there's so much shit in this film. I'm like, I've, this is 20 different films stitched together, but you're trying to frame it in this, you know, esoteric, you know, it's horrible. I mean, it, this has been going on since Night of the Living Dead people. Like, none of this, it, it's great that societal, you know, woes and all this shit can be thrust in the films, but you also got to make the films good. Yeah, so the rental for me, I had way less problems with. Um, it it is there's a like a, a tension between liking something that's lean, yeah, liking no exposition, and still feeling like you want a little more because the the shit all kind of crescendos really quickly, yeah. And then he kind of like there's some really great scenes. I think but, but, Dave pulled off off a great shot with um you know Allison Bree's death scene is, yes, is really cool. That's a, that's a very good sequence. Yes, the tracking shot that follows uh the Mina character out mm-hmm. of the house mm-hmm. is dope, and you know the, they they get a good jump out of Lip's death. Yeah, but um yeah. for the most part, it, you know this is just like a guy. And a creepy mask attacking them with a hammer. But that, or, or, I, I remember my point now, because 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 I think the thing with this film is there's probably two different films here. There's one film where this toxic two couple situation turns into a murder at a, a desolate Airbnb, and everybody freaks out and like, and it's it's the film where there's a final girl walking off all bloody, but she survived. You know the the depths of what you know lust and, and and human depravity can 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 do to, to to four people one night off of a couple of molly um the other film which which is the house that jack built is the film where you're following the psychopathic guy who like because if we had seen a little more of what we got to see with the person breaking down the steps to put the cameras all around if we got to see more of that in the beginning i think you could have had a better film at the very least seeing that there is more at play. And it's because the, the guys are supposed to be, Oh, you think it's going to be the, the dude Taylor or whatever, the guy who works on the house, but no. And he might not, he could have been crazy. He might not have been crazy, but no, it's really the other good. That that's the, well, I mean, anyone who's seen a horror movie knows that's a classic red herring. That's situation. that, that's the ruse. And I think that's why Joe's there. I think Dave didn't know where to go tying this all in i think dave didn't know where to go joe came in and said oh well horror 101 says obviously this guy's not going to be the guy it's going to be this but it it felt like such by the time the film ends it feels like such a different film i disagree i think it's it's creepy no exposition makes things creepier which is cool um i think you just needed a little bit more shading around the edges to like give it like a fuller picture i i i think of what he was up to i will say i do i did appreciate you know obviously he's like a bare bones killer with literally just a hammer yeah 
in an old man mask, but that guy was moving That's, in a way that you don't see yeah, killers in most of these movies. Like he was very fast. So what? So what's going to happen in the sequel? Anya Taylor Joy is going to be. She's going to come in somehow and start un- trying to understand who this guy in the in the creepy old killer mask. You know me. Be. I don't. I don't. I never am team sequel. I don't need a sequel for this at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean. Look, I would rather see Dave try something else. That whoever this white man was with this this loose income that he, it's it's almost like if uh, if uh, uh, what's your, what's well, your it's name? not loose income. He's getting the he's getting the house payments. No, but think, it's like it's like if American Psycho is in a twenty twenty situation, Bateman would be having Bateman would be taking like two or three months off of the year to look into his lucrative murder Airbnb business. You know what I'm saying? Arguably, the that's going to be the seek. The seek was going to be the real life of this dude who just happens to go out and buy Airbnb or set up Airbnbs to stalk and murder people. I hope not. And but you know, I, I hope this doesn't. Uh, this might adversely affect the, the airbnb industry yeah I, I, we'll see be safe it's already a shady business out there people but you should be safe or don't watch this film before you uh don't watch don't watch you should have left it on i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all right wait would you give it on letterbox one i gave it one star i gave it two and a half i gave this two and a half and i went three and a half for the rental i may have went i went three with rental and I went one with you should have left. I really didn't like you should have left. I, I can't to... defend it. I just was. I wasn't. It was the best horror is eighty to ninety minutes. It's a great. So it's it's a great in that runtime. It didn't. It didn't turn me off enough. It got out just in time. And I, and I will say I was. I, Rental was going to get a two and a half. But when I thought about it, I was like I. I actually enjoyed this film more than I, I think I do. So I gave it the three. I might go back and rewatch Rental again. Um, yeah, and all these point. films kind of have a good. They get to, they get to cheat a little bit because the first forty to forty five minutes to an hour is always about the dread of what you think could be going on. Well, and and I think I mean because I we're not going to have a lot of time to break down this movie, but I think that's what. There's another film that came out. Um, another, we're out of the spoiler section. Yeah, we're out of. Sorry, spoiler section is over. You know, again, I apologize. If you want to watch the movie, please speed by. I hope you sped by. Another film that IFC dropped. This is under their IFC Midnight series. Um, it just hit VOD uh, in about a month ago, July third. I think it hit. Um, but it was released. Uh, it, it got a world premiere at Sundance back in January. It's this film called Relic. It's a horror. Very drama. different beast. It, it. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to Hereditary, which, you know, it probably isn't too fair. Although I can see that. Yeah, I don't know if I see that. Um, I mean, I, I think the idea of being in like a family where one person is, you know, obviously descending into something, and there's a, a mother who's having to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on. Um, I, I can see where comparisons are, but it's, it's clear no. it's it, it the way relic move because you know you mentioned you you bring up the point of you know getting 40 minutes of you know a film before shit picks up relic was like when you see a movie and within the first two or three minutes there's a naked old lady just standing <laughs> there like shit's on you know what i'm saying most, most like remember remember the it chapter two trailer where yeah, with the old lady it's yeah. it started they hit you with the old lady you know what i'm saying you knew that this you you you're trained to say okay this movie's going to be different and i think once you get there it doesn't it doesn't it's not like it gets any crazier it gets like super worse cuz it's really a creepy movie it's not necessarily like a like too gory compared to some other films it's very dark and very it's it's very artistic yeah well it goes back to what we, we were talking about and you were saying that most horror movies try and fail at trying to infuse their movies with deeper meaning. Yeah. This one's like much more successful at it. Certainly yes. much more than uh, a you should have left. Um, you know, it's really just an allegory for, uh, you know, the, the parent becoming the child almost and yes. deteriorating parents and that kind of fear that, you know, a, a older adult has about their, their parents sliding into like, dementia and alzheimer's and the do we take care of her do we put her in a home it's kind of like making all those fears 
from subtext to text. It's it's and and again, I a mean, murderous old lady. I yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it's creepy because she's old and at times she's been wandering around her house naked, and and then just like the stuff that they've done with like the way the body moves. I don't like. I said it's a very there. There is a lot of symbolism. Uh, a, a lot, a lot of, of symbolism. A lot of stuff. Which, I don't know, just like the. It's again, if you if you want to like just take a couple hours and kind of just like transport into like this weird. It's almost like what they wanted the turning to be. I I'll think, never know. I think yeah. Please don't. Again, you should you you should have left, and the turning don't. If you if you're talking about 2020 horror, you keep those in the trash bin. You don't even worry about those for a bit. Again, I'm sorry, but like you know, we we at some point you have to, you know throw out the bad and keep the good and i think relic is it for people who like horror and they want like a different you know something that like movies like what was that star did you watch starfish no not yet starfish is if you watch starfish and liked it i think this is the movie that they wanted starfish to be they're not the same thematically at all but i think just the idea of being so super artistic so really like committed to a certain look and feel that's yeah, this is definitely that, and this was a, another debut actually. Yes, this was yes. this was definitely. Um, wait, let's pause and get that director. I got it. I got it. Her name. It, it, it was okay. the, it was the directorial debut of Natalie Erica James, and interesting enough, film produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, he's one of. I noted that. I one, noted one, that. Of, one of a list real nigga. It, it was. It, it's. I. I don't know how much it took to make this film it, it, the budget couldn't have been too crazy because there's only no not at all it, th- three people th- like three one, main characters two or three supporting yeah. one location it, it was but it, it was there were like six or seven different production companies at the head of it so i don't I'm, you never know I'm, I'm glad that it was able to be done and again if you if you're a fan of horror i don't want to say elevated horror but if you want something that's a little more different a little more artistic and unique I would say get into this. And and I mean, and the other thing, and I, I again, I don't want to spoil it, but I think it's one of those films where, again, let this film stay what it is. I think the, the ending of this film, of the three that I've watched, it's probably the most satisfying one, especially for a horror film. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I... Yeah, it, it, uh, there's, there's a lot of empathy in it. And, you know, a, like a, a final shot that kind of like underlines and ties off the themes and the symbolism and what it's going for. Yeah. I got to rewatch yeah. it. I, I, I was a little, I think my, uh, my initial watch, I was a little tired. It's probably, yeah, like, I watched it at like at two in the morning, like dozing in and out, but I ended up, I, I, I will I was never that shook. No, during it. no, it's it's not like a scary film. Again, I th- I think that's the thing. It, it used because there's moments in this film where like it's a good thing this is a horror film because what you're doing right now, Miss James, is very goddamn disgusting and creepy. But it's not like jump scare, hide your eyes. Well, I mean, I guess for some people, again, again, of the three, Relic is the film where it's like if if you're if you're most. There's some moments where if you're if you're que- you've got a queasy stomach. Of the three, Relic is probably the artsiest with its horror, and maybe and the most successful in terms of um, script. Yes. Execution. Yes. And intent. Hundred percent. But the rental is just more of my type of horror movie, so that's probably why I'd give that like the the half star edge. Understood. Well, I guess um, if if there. How many horror heads are out there? There was a moment where, with complex pop culture, there was a a, a good run with a, the, the oh hell yeah! The good I think night. we did fifty best scary movies of all time. We we there's there's some content on that site. There's some really good content on that site, especially like 2015, 2014, 2015 era. Um, shouts out KYK. Um, but horror uh, is the genre that might save us in coronavirus. I, Look at that. I well, because that's the other thing. Because these films, they don't like compared to. That's why Blumhouse has been key. Because he can make these very high for for all intents and purposes high quality looking films. You know they they're good enough to run in theaters. For I think uh, 
you should have left was maybe like four million dollars was the budget they said it's around four million dollars to make you should have left so half of that's probably just kevin bacon 100 percent. again it's one location they're they're doing a lot of stuff with, with computer graphics and editing and things like that so you can get a lot done with the blumhouse model i um, mean that that's what makes that shit so successful and i think you know we've talked on this podcast a lot about me being a theater snob mm-hmm. i think that uh of all the genres horror again there's something great about watching a horror movie in a, in a packed theater Facts. uh dark theater quiet audience reactions you know i've definitely i think mandy was an option where you could have watched it at home and i went to go see it at like 11 30 yeah. alamo just because but it is the genre that that transports or translates best at home because uh, <laughs> i remember when we went to see it chapter two and you were not you were oh not pressed the crowd well that, that dude that's just that's Times square too again see square, yeah. ho- that's horror is also the one aspect where the theater um experience can go very awry like yeah. if you're in if you're in a, one of the hot theaters <laughs> and niggas just eating nuggets and, and joking at the thing the whole time you could be taken out of that really quickly so on both sides of the spectrum it's it's one that's like i don't mind watching at home for the first time yeah you can very easily just save shit for nighttime 100%. cut the lights out and lock in so yeah you know i think i think horror is going to be a way out for the job for the industry to make money and to produce films as we get back to whatever the the new normal is you know because like i said earlier both of these movies were clearly made before the pandemic mm-hmm. but they reflect the pandemic in terms of just the story yeah and the actual execution like if you are whenever things open up and you're going for a production again and you kind of want to limit things and tamp things down these are the types of movies that you can make Word. To get around those concerns, so and, 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 just an interesting thing to note. And don't forget, this is this is uh, it's it's also interesting to see the box again, a box office that a one point one million dollar film can can be the the two week top of the spot. But you know, we're still due. Fingers crossed, a Candyman. I don't know at this point. Jersey just rolled back. They went from a hundred people in the spot to twenty five. So. I don't know about theaters. I'm just putting that out there right now. But uh, Candyman is technically still scheduled for October. So uh, hopefully things shape the fuck up in two months. Yeah, but. yeah, we'll see. Fing- again, fingers crossed for Yaya. Fingers crossed for Nia DaCosta. Fingers crossed for Jordan Peele uh, for that one. No shade to your man's intent, but uh, you know, I would it, it, it would be dope to see the world being normal. Uh, horror fans, if you've seen any of these films, hit us up at Complex Pop Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's going to do it for this week. And and for anybody that is digging the horror conversation that you heard us have here, go back. One of our one of our first like truly like a list top of the line guests, Elijah Wood, came in. The, he he he's been making and producing horror on his own and we have some really good horror conversation on there as well um a conversation and we didn't talk about it today a conversation that actually made fraser watch uh some of the the nightmare on elm street so maybe for a future if you guys want to hear us talk about more horror and maybe review nightmare on elm street 3 on the podcast uh, let us know what you're rocking with I uh, really appreciate you guys checking us out and listening every week. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let us know what your horror favorites are. Again, at Complex Pop Twitter and Instagram. Watch list drops every Wednesday, 6 a.m. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Player. Where, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Um, please give us a like, rate, comment subscribe whatever you got to do on your favorite service to let people know that you're rocking with us uh, would be greatly greatly appreciated we, we we appreciate the love we're getting in the conversation we're having now but uh you know those things do help as well um we will catch you guys next week for fraser tharp again happy birthday once again he's an officially an old man uh this is cal advising you to uh, you should have a pack with like seltzer of seltzer sanitizer extra mass whatever you need to stay safe out there gloves whatever you got to do six feet as always if you're feeling sick stay the hell inside if it's feeling like it's too much call a doctor i don't know just take care of yourselves and people around you this is it's about to be labor day and we're still in this goddamn house 
Um, tune in and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less as a part of the Complex Podcast Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.